think that one of the things that I love about my experience is that I was in the moment in those times. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, listener. Welcome to a very special and a very fun edition of the Small Minded Podcast. So for the last few weeks, I've been asking listeners to submit stories of their senior year. Since we've been at the end of the month, I thought it'd be fun to kind of reflect on this time in our collective lives where we were the top dogs, right? We were the oldest in the school. That comes with it certain responsibilities, certain traditions, certain expectations. And for some of us, we really lived it up, right? And for others of us, maybe we were like, oh my gosh, I can't wait until this is over. But whatever your experience, I do think that there is something special in the collective going through this experience, this one thing that we can all tie back to, that commonality. Now, again, we may have experienced it differently. Your experience in your senior year of high school was most likely different than mine, which is most likely different than my sister's or my best friend's. But we still draw back to that common thread, that senior year of high school. You know, there have been books written about this. There have been movies, so many movies, made about this. Songs written about this time in our lives. Oftentimes, it's referred to as the best years of our lives. And while I'm going to argue that later, but it is this thing that we can just all come back to and connect with. And I feel like especially in small towns, there's a lot of lore around your senior year of high school. And for those of us who haven't made it to senior year yet, we have like this, oh, this desire to get there and this excitement about what it's going to be like when we get to be that 12th grader, that king of the school, that queen of the homecoming dance. And as we look back as adults, a lot of times we have memories associated with that that we like to reflect back on and just reminisce about. So get those tassels out, hang them on your rearview mirror or your Hawaiian lei if you were like me in 2005, and get ready for some senior year stories. All right, graduation, the culmination, the end of your 12-year educational journey through the school system. Now, I know that if you're in my generation, this elder millennial, mid-30s, you know, we got to the end of high school, but a lot of us had that expectation that we weren't quite done, were we? We were going to go on to the next level, whether that was trade school, two-year college, four-year college, master's degree, what have you. But there's still something around that high school graduation. It's so, so special. You enter senior year feeling like you know it all. You have experienced it. You can share what you've learned with certain teachers. 
You can share how you cut class. You can like have that later curfew. Maybe we'll get there. Um, but you're almost done. You feel like you've made it. But the joke is that now that we're adults, we see that this is really just the beginning. While we felt as seniors that this was our time, we look back as adults and we think, man, we were super naive. But thankfully, we had that naivety that allowed us to just soak up the moment and be present instead of being super worried or feeling the heaviness of responsibility. Now, that's not everybody's story, right? But when I look back at my senior year experience, it really does begin back in elementary school. So I know in a lot of small towns, there is this unified community experience that is tied into the schools, that is tied into the sports and the extracurricular activities. So that it happens at the high school level, your baseball, basketball, choir, music, dance, what have you. But the community rallies, the community attends, the community donates and supports. And so it is this collective experience again. And when I was in elementary school, a lot of times my interactions with seniors, those top dogs of the high school, were when they could come into our classrooms and be our teacher assistants. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. When, you know, as the little third grader, I'm like reading my book or I'm doing my math flashcards. And there's this senior year boy who is in our classroom helping grade papers for his future education credit <laughs> fulfillment. But it was just like, oh, we all whispered. We're like, oh, so-and-so is here. He's in our classroom. He's our helper. Or, oh, she's here. She is so cool. I can't wait to be like her someday. And that was kind of the narrative that translated through the rest of my elementary career. Like when I would encounter seniors and those upper level high school kids, it was oftentimes in the role of them being like that sage or that guide or that hero figure, if you will, while I was in a learning role. So whether it was me as a student in the classroom and they were the teacher's assistant, or I was on the dance team and then the senior level girls were like our dance team assistants and teachers, like it was oftentimes that they were in a role where I looked up to them. And I just really did respect and admire these older people and watched what they did and emulated what they did. And like just the most trivial things are the things I remember. Like I remember them like having conversations, like overhearing them, like talking about movies that they were watching or music that they listened to. So then what did I do? I went and listened to that music too. Like I was totally a follower in fourth grade. So then when I got to that level, when I was in high school myself, it was like, okay, we saw these upperclassmen again at a closer level, but you got to see them, it was less in this like hero to my student role and more seeing them just as like regular everyday people, but they had this air about them, this like confidence, this way of just thinking like, you know, I know how this works. I'm not new to this. I'm not scared. I'm confident. I maybe am overconfident sometimes. But it was much more of that, like, oh, they have this all figured out kind of thing. And in our school system, 
it was really interesting that from seventh through 12th grade, we were all in the same building and we were like kind of mixing with all the grade levels in between classes as we were going through passing period. So you would, even as a seventh grader, like be right across the hallway from a senior. And then you could like kind of see what they were doing. So I feel like we had an up close and personal uh, ability to interact with these older students from even a younger age. And this kind of had this expectation. It helped me create this image of what I imagined senior year to be. Now, I know this might sound like really silly, but it really was like something I was like, I can't wait to be a senior. <laughs> like they get to do all the cool stuff. And I do remember like in Iowa, seniors only have to go to school for 175 days compared to the 180 days that the rest of the students K-12 have to attend. And so I remember like as juniors, after the seniors, the 12th graders ahead of us, like they fulfilled their 175 days. We still had five extra days of school that we were there. And even though we were juniors, we were technically the oldest kids in the school. And so we got to like kickstart our senior year experience. And it was like, oh man, look at us now. And if I look back, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm thinking about the bell bottoms I was wearing. I'm thinking about like, the shirt from Old Navy that I just loved. And I thought it was so cool because I had shoes that matched and I wore a ribbon in my hair every day because that was the style. And I still was like curling my hair out so that it flipped like in these big curls up and around so that like the curl almost touched the like long part of my hair. Um, So I'm sure I didn't look like I had it all figured out, but I felt like hot shit, you guys. And it was like, it was not so much about like a rite of passage. It was, or like we did this certain thing so then we could earn our distinction as seniors. It was more like the space was cleared and then the air around us just shifted. I don't know. It sounds so silly to say that, but it really did just like feel like, oh man, it's our time. And I do feel like there is so much built into. I don't know if it's still the same for kids who are in high school now, but at that time, like before we had social media, before we had 24-7 news coverage, before you could like stream movies on demand, before you had every song ever created just on your phone, like it just felt like things were simpler. I'm sure everybody feels that way when they're older and in their mid-30s reflecting on their teenage years. But it really did feel like there was so much like tradition in our community built around that senior year experience. And like I alluded to earlier, it wasn't just the school that had built up these expectations. It was really a community-wide thing. And when I think about like some of those traditions that had kind of established themselves, um, a few come to mind. So first is like senior skip day. Did you guys have that? So in our community, there was like this lore about a senior skip day where there's this one designated day that's a huge secret. And again, simpler times, but it was the ability to keep a secret. Nothing was documented. People, we had like Nokia brick phones that still played snake um, and flip phones, like even Motorola razors weren't a thing until I was in college. So um, 
really you was just like word of mouth, pass the baton, tell who you need to tell, but otherwise keep it a secret. And the classes ahead of us had done a pretty good job of arranging these senior skip days or senior pranks. And I do remember like as a seventh grader, one of the most infamous senior pranks, and I'm not going to name any names, but they know who they are. Uh, One of the most infamous senior pranks was from the class of 2000, and I was in seventh grade. So I remember being in school, but we had like behind our school was this big hill, and it led up to a football field, and the hill was very steep. So it's like really good for sledding, but it was also the target for the class of 2000. They took Roundup um, Weed Killer, and in the side hill, they used Roundup to write the word or the words class of 2000 but in their um hurry to get out of there thinking that somebody was going to catch them or something i don't know they accidentally wrote an extra zero so instead of saying class of 2000 as the days passed and the grass began to brown from the roundup it did not reveal a message that said class of 2000 it said class of 20000 and then like a week later um, the grass began to brown even further, and somebody had gone back to correct it by turning that last zero into the top of the letter R. So that it said class of 2000 rocks. And that was like so, I wasn't, I'm not going to say scandalous because it was like a lot of people giggled about it around town, but man, that took forever for the grass to grow back. I think it took until at least the class of 2003 for that one to correct. But There was a class ahead of us that they had a senior skip day as well. And by the time it got to our class, the class of 2005, we were a bunch of chicken shits. Like straight up, we just were a bunch of rule followers and to a degree. But I remember getting taken into our brand newly built auditorium and the principal and a couple of teachers sat us down and said, like, you know, if you guys skip for senior skip day, if you guys pull a prank. We will not give you your diplomas. And I don't know if they gave every class that talk, but for our class in particular, like, we didn't want to test that. And so we didn't push the envelope and nobody, our class was so lame. We did not do a senior skip day or a senior prank. And looking back now, like, it could have been, we should have just done it. It was like innocent, like, wasn't like anybody was doing anything crazy. So that is something I wish we would have done. But we were all just too lame and listened too well to the teachers and principals that we didn't even try it. So like days came, days went, none of us skipped. And then we graduated. (laughs) So even like that senior tradition of skip day and prank day, we didn't participate. We just came to school. The end. Another like senior year tradition that had a lot of lore around it was like homecoming week in the fall. And in our community, it was like this week long production and like the Sunday before the homecoming. So the homecoming football game was on Friday night and our years of being in high school, like our football team wasn't great. Like Maybe my entire high school career, we might have won like two or three games. So we didn't have like high expectations, but we were like, the bar was so low that we just always had a good time. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like we had this 10 and 0 record and we lost one. We were like, oh man, we're a piece of shit. We were like, 
you know, maybe we'll get a win this year. That'd be great. But you know what? We're going to show up every game anyway and have a good time. So the Friday before the homecoming football game was a powder puff. And so that was kind of a tradition that got started while we were in high school. And it was the boys from the football team would be the coaches to a football team of girls. And our favorite part of powder puff was like designing team t-shirts. And my senior year of powder puff, our t-shirts, we were really like going for the 70s vibe in 2005, 2004, 2005. And so we had like these three quarter length baseball tees. And for some reason, we decided to call ourselves the Flamingos. And so we had like these black and white and pink baseball tees. And we had Sophie shorts and high top or like high knee like socks. And I wore space buns and we had ribbons and we put like the black marks under our eyes and we like did our best playing like powder puff football and it was flag football and we had limited amounts of practice but I just remember we giggled our asses off and we also that on the Sunday before homecoming week we decorated the hallways in school like with balloons and posters and streamers and like every class had their own section of the hallway and then that was yours to decorate and you could like you wanted to really show up the juniors or the sophomores or whatever so it kind of like was decorating, rolled into powder puff, and then it was the announcement of the homecoming court. And then each day was a dress-up day. And then we had assemblies on Tuesday and Thursday where we got to take an hour out of the school day so we could just like go play games in the gym. And usually it was like an obstacle course or dodgeball. I do remember we played minute to win it um, our senior year. And somebody, no, it wasn't minute to win it because that wasn't out yet. We played, what was the show that Joe Rogan used to host? like before he was the Joe Rogan experience. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Where people have to like do these things. Fear Factor. We had to play Fear Factor. And I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember that my team, somebody on my team had to eat cold hot dogs and they ended up puking in front of the school. I can't remember who that was. So that was just like part of the experience. And then Friday was like all school pep rally. And so, like, people from band, cheerleading, dance team, football, male dance team, uh, volleyball, cross country, um, particularly the seniors, but some of the underclassmen got to go too. You would load up in, like, parents' cars or designated student driver cars, or, like, some years there was a school bus, and you'd go around and visit the elementary schools, get them pepped up for the game uh, that night. And the night of the homecoming football game, like between JV and varsity, like the homecoming uh, court. Oh, yeah, there's a parade on Friday, too, after the pep rallies. And then like in between JV and varsity football game, the people on the homecoming court got to ride in convertibles around the track before the track was like nice and it was still just like a dirt track. And then you got announced. And then like the people who won king and queen were announced. And it was so fun. And then on Saturday, we went and like got our hair done. We had these fancy dresses. And we went to the dance and we had just had a great time. And now I wasn't always like a goody two shoes. I wasn't always a rule follower. And I may have enjoyed a couple of beers in my um, underage time. And, you know, that was kind of part of the homecoming fun too. Like we would 
have beers and feel scandalous. But it was, I look back now and I just kind of giggle because I'm like, we thought we were like much older than we were. And we thought we were wiser than our years. And we thought that we had everybody fooled that we had had a couple beers when in reality, I don't think anybody was fooled at all. Um, but that was just kind of like the tradition of the homecoming parade and the pep rallies where you go around and visit the little kids' schools and get them all excited to be cougars. And because we were the Cascade Cougars. That's just all like the memory and the feelings that are associated with those memories are just like heartwarming. And even though we like, we probably like didn't look nearly as cool as we thought we did in our flamingo powder puff football outfits, but you know what? We had a damn good time and that's the long and short of it. School's out for summer. Just kidding. Here at MKM School is just getting started, and we are now enrolling for the June session of MKM Social School, all about writing captions that convert for your business. In our signature MKM Social School program, we bring together small town, small business owners who want to know what's working right now. They want to know the best practices, the tips and the tricks that help their social media marketing stand out and get them in front of their ideal client and customers online. In this month's Social School All About Writing Captions, we're going to help you understand how to format the caption section of your social media posts. Sometimes we want to come across with emotions. Sometimes we want to entertain. Sometimes we want to educate. But we're going to show you the best practices for writing so that you can engage your audience, hook their attention, prove that you are the business owner that they need to work with right now, and we're going to show you how to get that call to action written so they know what to do to work with you and take that next step in the business relationship with your business. Sound like something you're looking for? Well, I'm not done yet. <laughs> in MKM Social School, you get a week, the first week of the program, a week of small bite-sized video trainings and tutorials so that you're getting little bits of best practices that you can implement each day for seven days. You're also going to get the resources and supplemental materials to help you start writing these captions a little quicker, a little more efficiently, and a lot more effectively. You are also going to get an opportunity to sit with me in a Q&A session so you can ask me all the questions, writing or not, and get answers right away. So you're not stumbling around on social media wondering if what you're working is effective, wondering if you are getting a return on that investment. You're going to walk out of social school knowing the best practices for writing those captions and converting your audience. All right, head over to mollyknuthmedia.com slash shop and sign up for MKM Social School's June session. While you're there, check it out, and you can either join for the one-month membership or our annual membership plan. With that plan, you actually get two months for free. So we hope to see you in June Social School. Some school is not out this summer. We want to see you inside. On Instagram, when I was asking listeners to submit some of their senior year memories, some of these ones that came up along with like senior skip day and senior year privileges, like getting to have off-campus lunch, which my school did not permit at that time. I think it was the year after the, us that they could start having off-campus lunch hour. But some of the things that came through on Instagram from listeners' submissions 
were like stories about times that you were almost caught. And so, yeah, to kind of go along with that theme of like, you know, I was a rule follower to an extent, but I wasn't always a rule follower. And I think that like one of the biggest things that I'm hung up on from my high school senior year experience was that even though I spent numerous, numerous weekends grounded, I know my mom listens to this podcast and she will vouch for this. I was grounded so much my senior year and I really did think it was, um, I am aggrieved that in our senior year yearbook, I was not voted most likely to be grounded. I was like, if anything good comes from me being grounded this frequently, it better be that I get that designation in the yearbook. But I did not. (laughs) I was like, this is all for nothing. But I was just, I had parents who really wanted to see me home at a decent hour um, because in their own words, nothing good happens after midnight. And my curfew, even into my freshman year of college, was 1130. I know, right? So if I was home even a little bit after 1130, I would still get grounded. And so for a lot of times that senior year, I had to miss out on stuff because my parents wanted to let me know that I missed curfew. And while they weren't entirely wrong because I was like testing my limits, I was like doing some underage drinking, um, which I do not condone, you guys. This is not a podcast that condones that. I'm just telling you my experience. But yeah, so there were times where I did almost get caught. And um, there was this one time, gosh, how far do I want to implicate myself on this podcast today? Uh, There was this one time, okay, I'll tell you the time that I didn't get caught. So everybody went to a party at this one person's house out in the country. Again, we're celebrating small town rural here on the podcast. So there was a farm party and me and a few other friends, we for some reason didn't go to that one. And instead we went to a movie like legit. We went to the late show of a movie in like the big town, like half an hour away. And we went to the late show. I remember because on the way back from that movie, all of a sudden we did have cell phones. They were not advanced cell phones. But our cell phones did start ringing from people who were at that party, and the party got busted. And there were people texting us, and I don't think that we had to go pick anybody up. I can't remember for certain. I know that we had some friends that were at that party, and they, like, texted us saying that the party got busted. They were on the run. But then I believe they got picked up before we had to go back and, like, try to, like, pick anybody up. But I was just like, oh my gosh, thank God I was not at that party. (laughs) And then there was another time that, okay, so back in the day, again, not condoning this, we would go on road trips and we would just like, you know, drive around and we had beer in the car. And I remember one time, it was a Monday, we had just finished like, the full run of our senior year musical and me and a few people from that play were in a car and it was a Monday at like one in the morning. So it was actually technically Tuesday because it was the last day of the play. And we got busted on this like side road at one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. And 
why would a cop be out there? We had stopped and we were like, this is going to be our last loop and then we're going to go home. And we were all just like, we were not drunk. I can't believe I'm even saying this. But yeah, we got pulled over. And I remember I had to go home and tell my parents because we had my car. And we had to tell my parents that, or I had to tell my parents that I got pulled over. And nobody got, wait, I think one person might have gotten an open container. I didn't get any like alcohol possessions. I was only 17 at the time, but I never went in and got my graduated license after I turned 17. So I was still driving on a 16-year-old license. And, you know, lo and behold, story of my life, there was a curfew on that 16-year-old license that I never graduated up to my 17-year-old license when I turned 17. And mind you, I was only a month away from actually being 18. So yeah, I got lucky on that one. But I had to tell my mom and she was going to let me like skip part of the day the next day because she knew I was tired from being in the play that whole weekend. And she's like, nope, you're going to school. I was like, no, mom. So yeah, those were my almost caught stories. I actually got very lucky and I tested my limits a little too often. But yeah, um, I loved my first car. So speaking of my car, it was a Dodge Intrepid. Um, when I got it, it was like five years old, I think. So it's still like in pretty good shape. And I loved that car. It was silver. It had leather seats. And most importantly, it had a CD player. And I loved burning CDs. Music has always just been my thing. And I would just like burn a million CDs. And I had this silver CD case and I would burn a CD like, okay, I said to burn a CD to my kids the other day. And they were like, what? Why would you burn that? And I was like, it's just an expression, you guys. So I had like, I would always be burning CDs with like the newest songs that were cool. And at the time of like LimeWire and Napster, you know, it wasn't that great a quality and you'd get like glitches and skips and sometimes the beginning would cut off or whatever, but you just dealt with it. And it was still awesome. And I remember like it had a sunroof and I did hang my Hawaiian lays from like, we had like these mid-year dances and one of the years was a beach theme. And so we all wore these lays and I took mine and hung them on my ruby mirror. And I think I had a lanyard from like summer camp that I was at and it like, it did obstruct my view. So I shouldn't have had it in there, but I just thought it looked really cool. So I had like, and I don't think like some kids had like senior pictures that they would tack up to the roof of their cars. But like my car wasn't old enough to do that. And my parents were like, you're not putting tacks in the roof of this thing. And so I didn't, but I had my lace and I thought they were really cool. But I do remember like one of my first jobs. So I had two jobs my senior year. I was actually in a lot of activities. So I was like in the student council. I was in musicals. I was in choir, um, cheerleading. And then I also had two jobs. I just like to be busy. And I worked at our local manufacturing plant and I'd like go there for a couple hours after school every day and like file papers, like put blueprints away, put tools away. Mostly I like I worked, but I also just really enjoyed the people and like shooting the shit with the people that worked there. And then I also worked at our local diner. And I remember like we would have tip cups. And so we would get like Sometimes we get a dollar, two dollars, like big money was five dollars when we'd have like our regulars and we'd do a really good job like refilling their coffee. Sometimes we'd get five dollar tips and that was a big deal. And then like we'd also just get a lot of spare change because we had like the coffee crew 
and like their coffee costs 65 cents. So we'd oftentimes get like 75 cents. So then we'd get a dime for every cup of coffee that we sold. And so rather than like taking those coins every single time, we'd have a tip jar and we'd let our change and coins accumulate and we'd keep that underneath the counter. And so every time that we worked, we'd just keep accumulating change and like talk about like, this is something I'll never forget was like the price of gas my senior year of high school. And especially now with like the price of gas as it is, I look back and I'm like, I remember taking the money out of my change jar and like I, and I'm still like this. I have like an eighth of a tank of gas. I have to fill my car with gas just to get across town to go home. And so I'd like take some change out of the change jar and I'd like buy $5 in gas with just the change from my tip jar and I'd get like a quarter to a half a tank. And I was like, perfect. I can go home or I can go drive around with my friends for a while. And I just remember like scrounging even underneath like for spare change under my floor, like floorboards. And I was like, oh, a quarter. And, you know, like for five bucks, I could get a decent amount of gas. And that would be a lot of like a night full of fun. But yeah, so like just something about that senior year, even though I had an 1130 curfew, Kathy, it was still like the freedom of like being the oldest in the school. I had a car. I was making my own money. And like, it was just like, what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> and I know you guys probably have a lot of these same kinds of experiences. And like we kind of began the episode, like nobody has the same exact experiences, but we all have this collective that we can come back to and say like, okay, this is my experience of senior year of high school. And while like, honestly, my senior year of high school was like rosy and like, it was really a great time. I know that not everybody has that, but we can at least all come back to that. Like, where were you in 04, 05? And like, if you're listening and you were a class of 05 graduate, I'd love to hear some of your stories. Oh, yeah. And I probably told this story on the podcast too. But one of the things I hang my hat on, and I know I've told this on the podcast before actually, is that our senior year prom, after prom, there was like, it was called after prom, you know, like super original. And after prom our senior year, we went to our local bowling alley and we could like get pizza and bowl. And I know we had like tables of card games and like spoons set up. And then the parents, like in the weeks leading up to after prom and prom, they like went around and solicited like donations for money and stuff. And then they would like have prizes for the seniors. And we would like get, you know, like a futon or a dorm fridge or a TV. And like, as they pulled out numbers, you could go up and you could pick from the array of prizes they had. And like the futon and the dorm fridge were always the first to go. And I was pulled like mid to late from our roster of attendees. And I was like, I'm not going for any of that stuff. You guys, there's this new thing that I really want and nobody's picked it yet. And everybody rolled their eyes. They're like, that sounds so dumb, Molly. And you know what it was? a first-generation iPod, and it wasn't great. I'm not going to lie because it could only hold like 25 songs, and yeah, storage was limited. You couldn't even really hook it up to your car yet to listen. I still had to rely on my burned CDs, but I was like one of the first people in school to have an iPod, and I thought I was so cool. Um, and I, I swear I had that until not very long ago, but I've been looking for it for like a year and all of like my storage boxes and I cannot find it. So it's just those little memories like that, that like 
really are endearing and they stick out to me as like some of those times that like really were defining moments in my life, I guess. And I'm sure you have some of those too from that time frame in your own life. Now, I think what this all comes back to is that it's less about your senior year and like your senior year experience and this being like the best years of your life and you're always going to want to go back. I can definitively say I don't want to go back to my senior year of high school, even though it was fun, even though it was great and I had limited responsibilities, right? But I think the reason we as like a society really do dwell on this time in our lives is not because it was the best years of our life. It's because in that time of our lives, we could like just be in the moment. And again, this is not a blanket statement. I know this is not the experience of everybody that's ever walked the planet or every person listening to this podcast. But for many of us, I can assume that in that age, in that time frame, like we are old enough to make some of our own decisions. We are old enough to know a little bit about ourselves. We are old enough to begin making choices like what school we're going to go to after graduation, what career path we're going to take. You're old enough to choose a job. You're old enough to pursue sports or extracurriculars that really lit you up. And we were old enough to make those choices, but we were still able to do those things while underneath our parents' roofs for the most part. And you could like test those waters and boundaries with a little bit of a safety net still underneath you for a lot of us. And we also could like just, we were so naive that we felt like we knew it all. And we weren't old enough to be any of the wiser that we really didn't know hardly anything. We were just so young. And it really wasn't the best years of our lives. It was the beginning of the best years of our lives, where you really could be an adult and you could move into those next phases of like living on your own and like graduating from college and getting your first job and like starting a family or like finding the things that were your life's calling or your life's fulfillment, but having that foundation of like your formative years of kindergarten through 12th grade really allowed you to become the person who you are. And I think that a lot of my experience comes back to me like not not thinking about like, gosh, I can't wait to get over with this. I can't wait until senior year is over. I can't wait until prom. I can't wait until graduation day. I think that one of the things that I love about my experience is that I was in the moment in those times. And it was like, I think I had just as much fun like in the preparation and practice for the senior musical as I did on those nights of the performances. I think I had just as much fun like sitting in <laughs> math class with like the four people in our advanced level math class and just like goofing around as I did like when I was at like a college level. Like, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I just feel like so many of the moments that I come back to as like some of my favorite times are not the moments that were like prom night or homecoming night or graduation day. It was a lot of times like my favorite minutes were those times where we were just doing nothing and everything all at once. Those simple times that led up to the big event or those like 
nondescript days where like just something funny randomly happened. And I think that that's what I look back on the most fondly. Not the big moments, but being present in the little moments and really just like, I don't know, just living. And maybe that's a good note to end on. So honestly, I ended up revealing a little bit. Maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Maybe I didn't like divulge all my secrets. But I do feel like I kind of bared my soul on this episode. But I do feel that like senior year, there's just something magical about it. And to all of those who are graduating in the class of 2022, congratulations. You have survived some of the craziest, like just when I look at your educational journey, you've really experienced all the things. And to all the parents and caregivers and educators who helped the class of 2022 get to where they are today, congratulations to you as well. And I can't wait to hear your senior year stories. So if you feel so inclined and you want to share some of your takeaways or your favorite moments from your senior year, you can always DM me at Molly Knuth Media or at Small Minded Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Let's talk about our collective experiences. And if you feel so inclined to share some of your secret stories like I did, you know, share those too. But anyway, thanks for being here, listener. I can't wait to share more stories with you next week in our next episode of Small Minded. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.